podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Is Happening. Yes! We're on the road, we're in New York, I have the... the the delicious co-host Georgie Leahy. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for joining us. I think I just put myself in the eye with my long neck. And honestly, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. I we're sitting down, you know, in the lovely apartment of the crash pad of Justin Vivian Bond, who I have, you know, really enjoyed and been a huge fan of for years and years and years. We were introduced by our mutual friend Julian Fleischer, who is writing a book about gals about town um, called DQNY back in the 90s. Oh, right. You know, about, and, um, and so at the time, he was going to see people perform, and he took me to the Cowgirl Hall of Fame, where uh, Justin Vivian Bond and Kenny Melman had a uh, residency at the time. They were performing every Wednesday night as Kiki and Herb, um, which had been going for a while. Um, had, and uh, I just became just uh, enraptured with the, the talent of, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of Justin Vivian Bond. And we've had actually some very fun adventures over the years. Like I happened to be at the Cannes Film Festival and was invited to the premiere Short Bus. And some friends of mine were involved in uh, producing that movie and I spent much of the next three days hanging with the cast and w- going to this incredible party that Fortissimo threw on that pier where you yeah, all performed yeah. that, that was just incredible so anyway welcome Justin Vivian Bond Yay. thank you thank you for having us <laughs> here in your apartment well, <laughs> is it exciting for you to be here but uh, absolutely <laughs> In your crash it's pad. It's not the okay. same thing as Cam here in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I am loving the pigeons that are walking and flying by. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got quite a few pigeon friends. And then if you look out that window, you know, there's gardens and everything. So It's actually very it pretty here. House. Your yes. treehouse. It is like an aviary. Yes, it is. I love yeah, it. I love that. <laughs> the birds and trees right here in the city. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah, really. It's, it's, it's actually quite lovely. Um, but that, you know, that experience, like, um, you were in John Cameron Mitchell's Short Bus, which is a very, um, I, I was very moved by it. I love that film. I think it was the next film he did after Hedwig. And um, I just remember, you know, seeing it, and the whole cast was there, and it may have been the first time you had all seen it. Um, I think all, it was. For wow. most of yes. them. And people I saw it the first time I can. were weeping. Like literally, and it was like literally a 15 or so minute screaming standing ovation. It just was, it was wild. It blew me away. I loved it. I was very moved by it. As usual, I was coming out of a horrific breakup. Um, oh gosh, what else is new, dear? <laughs> this is years ago. That's but, what we, uh, share. we share this in common, our great taste in men. Yeah, just like horrible, horrible relationships. And, um, but I, I was very moved by what it. What better way to get over it than a three-day party yeah. adventure? Well, exactly. That really led to this fun thing. I mean, and we just about relationships. And yeah, I was very moved. All of that, how you negotiate all that. Mess. Yeah, exactly. So it was good. It made me cry too. I just was like, oh my gosh. And then that party that Fortissimo threw on the beach. Um, it was the first time that I think that John Cameron Mitchell had done 
Hedwig songs um, had performed it since the movie. Oh, wow. You and uh, Kenny, you know, they brought him over right. uh, to, we to do together in a while, Kiki and Herb. Although you were, you were also about to come to Broadway right. soon, later that, that summer. I was in May and we went to Broadway in August, I think it was. And you said something to me, you were like, oh, we're going to be on Broadway, come see us. And I, and I did, and I came to your opening. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> And then, and actually, I came to the opening, and then I came maybe a couple nights later. I I brought people. I loved it, and I was here for a little while, and so I when we were backstage, Rita Moreno came back, and you and I were gonna and several other people were gonna go out for drinks, and she came to you and she said, uh, "You're gonna kill your voice." She I think she said something like, "You've got to just preserve," mm. you know, like. You're here on Broadway for a month. Uh-huh. Like, do not. And then she, and so you turned to us and you said, Rita Moreno says I can't go out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna go out. She was right. Though. She, I mean, no, I she was. I my voice, but I did have to. You know, it was so depressing because I was running this like studio apartment in the West Village. So I go be on the, underneath the bright lights of Broadway in the evening. And then go laying in my mattress on the floor of the <laughs> <laughs> All day, like, not talk to anybody. What's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> I hate my life. It's so boring. And then you're back on stage. You're like, ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling yeah, very so well. So much discipline. It's not glamorous at all. Yeah. No. No. You were like... It's important, though, because yeah. it, myself, Oscar when, I, when I overdo it, I, my voice is the first thing to bloody go Oscar out. and Tony winner Rita Moreno is correct. I must I yes. must not go out. Yes. <laughs> you can't argue with Rita. No, no. You can't. You can't. That's what and I, no one argued. We were like Always mm. good advice. Oh yes. well. <laughs> um, but so you're originally from Maryland, not Baltimore, but no, no, outside Baltimore. somewhere Western else. Western Maryland. Western Maryland. Right. It's not anywhere near Baltimore. And you I don't know Maryland that well. Is it That's that big? Funny. I mean, how no, far is anything big. from it's Baltimore? It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> but when you're growing up, that's far. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. That's true. And you just came from there, seeing your family. I did. Was that Was that nice? It was nice. It was our family reunion, and I hadn't been mm-hmm. in a long time. How long? Uh, I don't know. Very like at least ten years. <gasps> no! Wow, yeah. that's epic. It was, and I saw cousins I hadn't seen in twenty years. I have twenty-one cousins. One of them sadly passed away. Oh, and fourteen of us were there. That's, That's so nice. Wow. Was it, and it was that must have been warm. It's nice to see people that knew you way back when, and I guess sometimes <laughs> it's not nice. I don't know. That was very nice. <laughs> it was. I don't care about them seeing me. It was nice for me to see them. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know to catch up and see who's doing what, and they all have kids now, and their kids have kids, and you know like we're we're the oldest people. Oh, your mother's generation. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The last four of that generation, of course, when I was kids, they were, when we were kids, they were the young ones. Now it's like, you know, I'm almost, we're the generation that's going to be the elders. Such a big I family. I think we yeah. may need to turn off the air conditioner. Oh, yes, Do you mind? Because I'm just, I'm seeing that that may not be the best thing for the sound. See, now look how improved. See, I'm gonna maybe put in the thing. 
minute eight, it gets better. <laughs> right. As we heat up. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> as, as, as we're dripping. As we, unfortunately, the, the sacrifices we make for art. Indeed. Um, so then, all right, so you grew up there. When, when did you really find performing? When did you discover that you wanted to sing or act or do anything like that? Last week? No, no, no. Like, right away. Right away. Yeah. You knew. Yeah. I was 18 months old when I did my first performance. I love it. At church Christmas pageant. I couldn't walk, but I could talk. Yes. So they propped me up there and I said, I can wish you, though I'm small, Merry Christmas, one and all. Ah. And that was my first performance and I was 18 months old and I just always loved it after that. Did it. Yeah. And I always sang and I was almost, you know, I would, whenever they would let me, you know. Sure. And, uh, and then, um, where did you go from? How did you leave Maryland? Because I, I know to you ended up in school. Yeah, where? In New York and Garden City. Oh, okay. Long Island at Adelphi University, and uh, I went to college with uh, Jonathan Larson, who was ahead of me. Oh, who wrote Rent. Friends, yes. And uh, wow. also, I went to college with Miss Coco Peru. You know Did you? Oh, yes, yes, of course. We graduated from the same drag academy. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan and Coco and I are some of the most best-known theater majors, you know, that graduated from that program. And uh, ironically, you know, two of us are, uh, well, big, like, big Nelly Queens, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jonathan, you know, Wrote he was him. straight, but he was still a big Nelly Queen as far as I'm concerned. Pretty much. I yeah. mean, I don't know how he came up with all that stuff in Rent. Um, yes. I do Why? asking me? I'm yeah. I, <laughs> where's your, I played Maureen in Rent. Where are your royalties? So where are your you know royalties? What? Actually, I did all right in that <laughs> yeah. deal. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I, I, have a, I know a lot of people that worked on that original Rent um, production at the New York Theatre Workshop. I was there, I think literally two days after he died. I was there the mm. day. Yeah. That night, I saw it was the first performance, and I was there, and then he died later that night. It was shocking. I was at work the next day, and with uh, Daniel Nardiccio, you know Daniel? Yes, yes. Um, we worked together, we moved here about the same time, because we were friends in San Francisco. And I got him a job, and this guy I went to college with, we were all doing telemarketing down on Wall Street, and... Um, Daniel, who was also um, interning or something at New York Theater Workshop, came over and told me Jonathan had died at work. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable. I think I saw the first performance after that. So that's the first time the cast knew that. Mm. And um, I don't know, I was sitting next to Ethan Hawke, who was like, you know, scoping I out. I love him so much. Um, Idina Menzel. Something like, well, I want to get with that. But that didn't happen. Um, but a sure. <laughs> little bit of gossip there because I, I think he, she was with um, Tay Diggs at that you know? time I think, oh, I yeah, that's, that's, Diggs that's when they got well. together oh, okay. um, but in any case um, I, it just was it, was it was shocking and it was um, you could see like how like I don't know how they got through it you know like but and it was just an emotional thing like I love that musical anyway it's really good mm-hmm. but it was so like to see like they were just pouring their hearts out well it was crazy because that was i think uh 94 95 and i had 
No, it was 95, I think, because I've been I think here. So too. We had, my friend Victoria Leacock had cocktail parties at her duplex on 9th Street every Monday for the summer. Because I came here from San Francisco in the summer of 1994, 25 years ago, a few weeks ago. Um, and I was here for Stonewall 25. Mm, and uh, we had cocktail parties every Monday night at her place. And Jonathan came every Monday night. And I remember one night he was like, well, say some, what's something that, you know, a drag queen would say? And I said, oh, well, this is something that my friend Nancy said. These guys were like picking on me or like yelling shit out the window at me. And she said, he is more of a woman than you'll ever have and more of a man than you'll ever be. And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And so I told him that, and he put it in the show. I didn't know that she heard that from the movie Car Wash. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That, 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 that line's in the show because I told him that. I but love it wasn't that. really an original line. I do that sometimes because well, I write sure down. Right queen said that. Yeah, sure. I write down quotes that I love, and sometimes I forget to write down where I hear them, and I read it back, and I'm like. Oh god, I'm so intelligent thinking I wrote that. I came up with it because I'm just like posting my note and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna admit it. It's a, yes, it sounds like I did that. <laughs> so you then, um, from New York, having gone to school here, then you went to San Francisco. Is that right? I or maybe you met me. I went back to DC for a couple of years and worked there, and then I decided I was not going to be a performer because I kept going to all these auditions, you know. And you're trying to think like, how am I going to be? to convince them to like put me in this role of some like straight dude or whatever. Like I was like, who am I supposed to be for these people? And my last audition yeah. in DC, I got a call back for the Folger Shakespeare company mm. and I had gone to this like sort of open casting and I got a call back and then I went back there and I was like, you know what, fuck it. So I did Cleopatra. Um, you know, oh happy horse to bear the weight of Antony in front of the casting people at the Folger. And then uh, I was like, judging from the expression on their faces, I probably wasn't going to get hired. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm not doing this. So I went to California and I was going to uh, maybe get a degree in art history or something. I wasn't going to perform anymore. And uh, then I was invited. No, my friends wrote the show and they were like, well, you're going to have to audition. And I was feeling rusty. So I went to the... Um, it was called the Theater Rhinoceros in San Francisco, which was their gay and lesbian, which was called back then. They would have more letters now than G and It's a whole spectrum now. And I went to an open call and I got cast. And then Kate Bornstein saw me and asked me oh, to yeah. be in her play Hidden Agenda. And then I discovered really like performance art and queer theater. And that's when I knew. You found your place, yeah. yeah. So that's how I. Then I decided. Well, I'm only going to do queer theater and queer performance right. for queer audiences, and that's that. And that's basically what I've done. That is what you've done, and you've done it brilliantly. Beautifully, yeah. You know, I mean, and and you you you're blazing, you know, a, a, a beautiful trail. Thank I you. think, you know, I mean, um, when did you meet Kenny? Well, I met Kenny. I was. Uh, I went out on a couple dates with this boy and I really wanted to do, do a cabaret. I wanted to do a lounge act. 
um, sort of inspired by Julie London. I wanted to do like a glamorous, mm. chanteuse kind of scenario. And he said, oh, my friend Kenny plays piano. You should meet him. So he introduced us at Cafe Floor in San Francisco. And I, you know, took a bunch of sheet music over to Kenny's. And for like six months, I mean, he's a Taurus. I'm, an, I'm a Virgo. Neither of us are in a real big hurry. <laughs> yeah. Six months I'd go over and we'd play songs. And we got to know each other's taste in music. And then uh, we decided to put a show together. And that's what we did. We did our first show at this place. I think our first performance was at this former porn theater on um, Market Street for New Year's Eve. They had a cavalcade mm. of San Francisco people, like Bambi Lake and Phil Ford and Miss X and the Sluts of Go-Go and all these people that were like, you know, on the scene back then. And they asked me to come do something. So uh, Kenny came and performed. And I think the night, it's not politically correct now, but I think the name of the event was the He, She Follies. Mm. And so um, nice, we yeah. did the He, She Follies and that was our first performance. And it was as Kiki and her? No, we hadn't conceived Kiki, that. That yeah. was probably in 89 or 90, a New Year's Eve 89 going into 90. And we didn't do Kiki and her till 1993 because I had uh, started doing this character in bars and I thought, you know, that would be fun to do separately for myself, just to have something to do in nightclubs that could be outrageous and silly. Yeah. And um, then I marched, it was very similar to this year actually, I marched in the Pride Parade and I sang at the rally. And then that night we were supposed to do a Justin and Bond and Kenny Melman show at this place and my voice was wrecked from screaming and singing all day in the parade. Yeah. And I said to him, all right, I can't be a glamorous chanteuse tonight. I'm going to be Kiki, and you're going to be Herb, and we're just going to do oh my God, our show that. as these characters, so no one will expect me to sing or look good. And uh, it was a straight audience, mm. and we did Kiki and Herb, and um, we got the standing ovation, and I was like, <laughs> I don't have to look good or sound good and people will give me a standing ovation yeah. great <laughs> and so that's how that started yeah organic yeah. things are always the best when it just you just randomly do something because you're right. not expect there's no expectation and then suddenly you're like hang on a minute wait you like right. this they you like this version of me better drunk who can't sing <laughs> <laughs> But to me... Oh, that means I could do it too. Yes. <laughs> well, absolutely. There you go. That's the trick. That's so the trick. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Georgie has actually toured with Adam Ant and is an accomplished singer. Um, but... Um, <laughs> but I am a boozy drunk, so. That's true. I mean, uh, and Shanta's. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, so what is your... What's your feeling? What's your relationship now to, to Kiki and Herb? Like... Because um, I know you, you stopped doing it for a long time, and then you did a, a reunion show, which I came back for in 2017, yeah, I guess. Yeah, three years ago. Um, which I, again, loved. Um, I also love seeing Justin Vivian Bond perform as yourself, you know, and at Joe's Pub and write, writing your own music and doing amazing things. Love that. Um, but how do, you, how do you feel about it now? Um, the act. The character. Well, I mean, it was fucking great, wasn't it? It was pretty great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, great. I enjoy. It. I mean, it's. I had a good time doing that show, and I love the characters. I mean, and I'm happy that you know they were so successful. And I did that sh that 
uh, reunion because um, they asked me if I would be interested in doing it. And I said, yeah, if at the end of it I can have the money for a down payment on a house. And they did the math, and I got my house out of it. Wow. I love it. That was it was so hugely it. successful. I need, um, you know, I need motivation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had planned it. That's very specific. It was very mercenary because that. I mean, of course, I loved it, but uh, I did that just out of practicality. The very first performance. Right. And then we did it for a long time, and it was very great because I only had one dress and one wig, and <laughs> Kiki always performed it at least until. 1999. So for the first six years, I basically wore the same dress and the same wig for six years. <laughs> and then we started to be a little more successful, so I'd occasionally have a new dress, you know, run up. And then uh, then we did our show. I thought, well, okay, this is so successful. And it was part of my mission to, like, get queer performance in places that I've never been. And so I was like, well, I want to take this really queer performance thing from San Francisco and let's let's see if we can put it off Broadway and that's when we did the Cherry Lane and at the end of the Cherry Lane I was like that's it that was my goal that's as far as I wanted to get for Kiki Murray. and then these producers took us for lunch and they were like what would it take you to do it again and I was like well I don't want to do another run I like to do concerts maybe but you know I've basically done everything I want to do with it and I had made up my mind to go to St. Martin's Central St. Martin's and I was off to grad school at that point in the UK in the UK that's funny I I went to London Studio Centre so it's London Studio Centre Central St. Martin's and Drama Centre they're all under University of the Arts right so yeah I got my degree from the same spot so 2004 I wasn't there then no I you win, I you my, win. I was in my 40s, though. It's like, Amazing. Oh, what's the most glamorous thing I can do? I'm in my 40s. It's a great just school, turned yeah. 40. I was like, well, I'll go get my master's. It's Botox or a degree. <laughs> I can put off the Botox. So, <laughs> but before I left, they said, what would you do? And I said, I'd do a concert or whatever. Well, where would you like to do it? And I thought, Carnegie Hall. <laughs> just threw that out there. Yeah, just make that happen. And they said, and thinking that, you know, that would be that. I wouldn't have to worry about it. And then they said that, uh, I think we can make that happen. I said, well, if you can make it happen, I'll do it. And then I went back to London, and this guy who I sort of, you know, had this irrational attachment to. Said, <laughs> <laughs> we know those well. <laughs> you know, I, I had really, I wasn't planning on doing it. And then they called and said, we have the thing. And I said, well, <laughs> and he said, he said, but you have to. And I said, well, I'll do it if you'll come. Wow. And so he said, yes, or I probably never would have done that. Carnegie wow. You're such a legend. I love this. And then we did, then I went, you know, we did that concert and I started St. Martin's three weeks later. And then we went on tour opening for the Scissor Sisters. And I like got to college. I was like, I had to take three weeks off. <laughs> We're going to go open for the Scissor Sisters. I and probably then, I went to see the Scissor Sisters. I probably saw you. Probably. Oh we my were just goodness. on their very first kind of like small tour. Yeah, I think for that fall. Because I was because I saw the Scissor Sisters open for Duran Duran before I knew them. Amazing. And I was like, I love the Scissor Sisters. So my sister and I went to the first you probably tour. did. Oh we my were goodness. So wild wow. Well you were fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly very memorable.
<laughs> Who is more fun than Jake Shears? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's upstairs right now. Is he really? Yeah. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. well, let's go and interview him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I see him in Silver Lake sometimes. Yeah. Um, really lovely. Well, Sammy Joe, who is the DJ for the Sisters, yes. Sisters, is my ex. And when I went to London, I left our apartment upstairs and went to London. And then uh, now I live here, and Sammy lives in our old apartment upstairs. And and Jake's in town, so he's upstairs. Oh my goodness. Ugh, this building. Gonna, he's oh, going to come to my house upstate tomorrow. But when all this was happening, yeah. you know, I was doing Kiki and Herb, and uh, Jake, Jason, he lived two doors down. So yeah. there was this cafe down the street, and Animatronic, Jake Shears, Sammy, Joe, and I, and a couple other people had breakfast together every morning. Oh, oh my god! And then all of a sudden, everybody was. Everyone famous. blew up. <laughs> yeah. it's, like Mickey, it's like the Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. like Britney Spears and Tim Blake and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Seeing like that, love that. So even at the time that you were doing, you know, Kiki and Herb, you you were doing a lot of other things like theater mm-hmm. and uh, you know working with uh, Sherry Vine and Jackie Beat and. Whatever that theater company was called, I don't remember. Theater Couture. Yeah, theater, darling. theater Couture, Couture. Darling, how did you forget? I had forgotten. I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but I did see you, I think, in Charlie. Right. Um, that was sort of my thing that kind of put me on the map in New York. Yeah. Um, which was just so much fun. I mean, it was about, um, it was a, like a mashup between uh, Charlie's Angels and Charles Manson. And, uh, I, was, I, I have the same birthday as Charles Manson. Very worrying. Is that an Aries? No, Scorpio. Scorpio. Same day as Charles Manson and then Grace Kelly, so that sort of cancels it out, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sure there's not that much difference between them. <laughs> and me. <laughs> well, maybe you're at the bridge. Yes, yes, I can, I'll climb between. I'll climb away from Charles Manson. And I yeah. did see you in a movie on a plane recently. You sang a little number. Someone, or is can it you a, ever forgive me? Yes. Yes. Yes, that oh, was I'm yes. That was uh, it's it's what's her name? Um, Melissa McCarthy. She, she was nominated for it. Grant, I think. and he was nominated. He was also he won nominated. The Golden Globe. He won everything but the Oscar for that. He was amazing oh, wow. in oh, I it. This. And um, she's a she plays a down on her luck writer who ends up forging um, literary artifacts, it's and a letters, a great and movie. I'm proud to be in it, but I love it because it's a story of. A friendship between an aged lesbian and her like fading queen friend. I mean, right. it's such a unlikely story. Who, and it's it, perfectly who's gonna make a movie about that? New York. I love wow. it. I know, I exactly. And it's the kind of thing that you think like that's gonna be hard to get made, but um, but it did get made beautifully. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a nice little scene where you're singing something. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, I two or three Reed numbers. Song, and I sing this song from an old Lovely Betty Reed. movie called Baby. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. And they're they're there um, watching those two actors, mm. so that must have been fun. It was fun because it was the first day of filming. Oh, it was. And um, they were both in the same scene, so it was just my band and the two of them in the scene. Wow. Some extras sitting in the in the club, this zinc bar, which is over on Bleecker Street. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been a fan of Richard E. Grant since Whitmill and I. So I was just, I mean, I love Melissa McCarthy, but I was really excited to meet Richard. And he's such a nice guy. Oh, that's great. And he came, you know, 
we did a picture together and he's got a very big head and a very long face like I do. So it's like the two longest <laughs> so that was sweet and then he came to my show oh. and oh, you know, hung out with the band it was just so nice I love him that's so great that's and he's a Taurus I'm a Scorpio moon but he's oh, a Taurus my mother's a Taurus yeah I, got, I love Taurus we're opposites yeah exactly and what are you again Scorpio and you then Virgo and then Virgo Leo Virgo moon I don't know what my moon is but I am an Aquarius Yes, I love Aquarians. That's my mm, father. My sister's an Aquarian. Oh, my that's dad, nice. yeah. <laughs> and Carol Channing. Oh, Carol Channing. Mm. 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 <laughs> um, so, what? What else are? What do you? You do a thing in the summer. Do you still do that? No, that ended last year. But I'm okay. playing some concerts there. Okay. On the second and third at the Spiegel Tent at Bard College. Right. Upstate. That's how I. I moved up there. Right. I, I curated and hosted performance there for five summers, and um, this is this is the summer I'm out to. Um, why? But, well, the thing was, they said, "Would you like to teach at Bard?" And I said, "No, I would not." And they said, <laughs> "Go up here to do something. How about, you know, programming and hosting the Spiegel Tent?" Right. Yes, I would like to yeah. do that. In exchange for that. I like a house, a car, and an assistant. And they said, okay, okay. we can arrange that. I need so to learn a lot from you. I a house and got me a car and an assistant for the summer. And I did that for Same three Same house summers. that you got through the, through the Kiki and Herb reunion? No. Different house. More houses. More houses. And then I was like, oh, I want to move up here. So then I got my own oh, house. I, I got my own assistant and I got my own car. So I was like, I don't need this job anymore. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Things. I got all that now permanently. <laughs> it's, I liked it those first few years, and I yeah. thought, well, I'll it just looks keep like that such going. a beautiful house. I've seen you post things um, on, on social media, and it just looks gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's just a big old crazy old house that I. It's like an art project. But I mean, what, what a what a, that's like such a. Um, uh, it's such an achievement, really. You know, it's, it's a tangible achievement. Like, you're there rambling about your house, and you're like, I did this. Yeah. You know, with, well, I mean, you know, I'm with my the bank to allow me to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you have a mortgage. <laughs> yes, but, <laughs> but that's next. Next next time, like, someone Except asks you to do something you don't want to do, you pay say, off my well, mortgage. if you yes. pay off my mortgage, I might do it. Take care of them house payments, girl. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm all yours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, hopefully they're thinking about that now. Yeah. That's good. I just put They'll that, listen to this. I just put that in my manifestation. Manifestation. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> what What's your feeling? I mean, you may have no feeling at all, but what's your feeling about like I the? I don't fun- have many. The fact that <laughs> who can anymore? Um, but uh, what's your feeling about RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul and the that whole machine? You know, they they've referenced you sometimes. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, RuPaul's like the Louis D. Mayer of drag. <laughs> <laughs> the 
whole studio system with all of those. Did you know? Yeah. Did you know RuPaul back I in met, the day? I met RuPaul, but you know, I lived in San Francisco till '94, so when all of RuPaul's things were happening at the Pyramid and everything, yeah, that was just before. That was when I was somewhere else. Yeah. So I've I've met RuPaul various times over the years, but and we even did. Uh, we were both in an episode of Ugly Betty together. Okay. And oh. I was um, an Anna Wintour impersonator. Oh. And RuPaul was the MC of this show in this drag club. But um, I'm, I don't really know RuPaul very well. I, I've also met RuPaul. I don't know RuPaul at but all. I think RuPaul's Drag Race is great. I, I mean, do yeah. too. It's weird that it's like... It's actually a very entertaining show. It is. It's an entertaining show. And, and it, 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 it highlights in our culture of competition, but I don't really like that aspect of it. But it highlights some yeah. very, very talented people yes. who then, if you go who see I them off Many the show, of my friends. Like last night, we went to go see Jinx Monsoon uh, perform at um, Joe's Pub. Great. It was a beautiful show. We, we, we happened to also, Georgie and I both are in a web series that Jinx appears into. I mean, mainly Georgie. Georgie's a. But I don't know, I love what you said about the, the competition thing, because I, I, I grew up as a dancer and everything, you know, I was constantly told I was too fat or my legs didn't straighten properly, something was wrong with me, and that whole competitive aspect led me to go, okay, well, I'm going to be me and get a pet snake and breathe fire and do all these crazy things, so I can't be right. compared to people and I can become my own That's artistic amazing. entity, which exactly like what you were saying, what you did when you found your voice. So it, I actually get what you're saying about the competitive thing. Yeah. Like, no, we don't need to compete. We're all individuals and we can all, and the show and we can is, all coexist. We can, you the know, show is about that, but I think... But everyone over, becomes stars over time. Exactly. Well, over time, so you see what the machine And it's kind of like does. the pig and the python because now that, that show is what defines a whole genre. Like, if you're a drag person... You know, anything that's got to do with drag is automatically compared to RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's, in a way, you know, maybe it's homogenizing something that could, that should be more, I don't know, uh, all over the place. But on the other hand, it's definitely elevated it. And I think, it, I mean, I have no, nothing really bad. RuPaul had a line and I think one of the reunions or something like that was talking to people you know she's just like you know she's you know she said like I'm a motherfucking marketing genius yeah she you is. know I uh, I sold uh, drag you know to mainstream America and I'm a motherfucking marketing genius and, and I'm like you can't just, argue with that that's, no, that's it's true the level right. of acceptance <laughs> that is given to all sorts of people yeah. Yeah. by the exposure and the and opportunities and the backdrop when they're not in drag and they're talking about their struggles and everything I mean I think it's great and then if yeah. you see you know I haven't been but if you see like clips of drag con and these, you know, oh my God, I these mean. young you kids. These kids walking around and like seven That is the most old. beautiful no thing. Oh my goodness. It's so moving. And wow. I was, you know, waiting for it to start. And like, it's amazing. These kids and their parents. And, it's and they have these supportive parents who, yeah. just, who let them express themselves. It's just like, that to me is like one of the most beautiful things about it. Because, you know, drag and, and um, you know, just any kind of gay expression was just so not acceptable, you know, oh when I was growing up and, you know, not acceptable even in my own liberal family, you know, it just was like, nope. Um, so to see that, you know, that 
parents are like supporting their kids and their and their you know gender expressions or you know cross dressing or whatever it is you know just it's very beautiful and I think that's something you know to to kind of give RuPaul a little credit for definitely yes yeah nice um, so what's next what's next for Justin Vivian Bond what are we doing well uh, hang up the rehearsing starting next week going to Seattle it on the boards this coming weekend. Then I have Joe's Pub, and then what's the, the Joe's Pub really, show? It's called Justin. No, Justin Vivian Bond is your Auntie Glenn in Gay for the Gods. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's probably oh, going to do all sort of weird dance anthems. Sounds very um, anti mame inspired, exactly. which I love. I actually am adapting uh, another book by Patrick Dennis into a film. Amazing. Um, Which one? It's called Genius. Uh-huh. Um, it was optioned by um, uh, MGM, and Otto Preminger was going to do it with um, with Alec Guinness at one point, and then that didn't happen, and I ended up getting the rights, and it's about this Orson Welles-type director who goes down to Mexico City and ends up moving in next to Patrick Dennis, who always put himself in his books. Uh-huh. And he's married, you know, with a, this woman Kit, and they end up making a movie, and it's very, it's very funny. Cute. Um, Sounds fun. It, it it is quite fun. Good excuse to shoot on location in Mexico. Yes, Mexico right. City. Yes, let's yeah, get kidnapped. Give us a Oh, absolutely. Put me in a bar sitting there singing. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. We'd love to have you both in it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pay off our mortgages. Yes. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You, you should like play hard to get, Justin. Say, no, 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 I won't do it unless, <laughs> unless right. it pays off my mortgage. mortgage. <laughs> Need equity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get a bank involved. Okay, great. <laughs> and you have rehearsals now. What, what are you oh, rehearsing for? For the show. That for is. Joe's party. Oh, great. Wait, say the name How again. I love the name. What's yes. Justin Vivian Bond is your Auntie Glenn and Gay for the Gods. <laughs> and, and how long is the show on for? Wednesday through Sunday, of the 26th to the 30th. Then I'm in an opera in Vienna. Oh, wow. I love it. What are you playing? I'm playing Orlando's Child in a newly commissioned opera written by this woman, Olga Neuwirth, for the Vienna State Opera. That opens in December, so I'm going over in November to rehearse, and then we have five concerts. Fiona Shaw is the narrator. Oh my gosh! And then, uh, that closes. Brilliant. Oh, I think it opens the eighth of December and closes on the nineteenth or something. What language is it in? Well, I don't know. I guess it'll be in whatever language, but I'm not speaking any language but English. Yeah. <laughs> Are you singing? You can overdub I, I you. So they, it's not. I don't know if it's written. I haven't seen the script. I was like, I see. Okay, Book the I'll day. do it. Vienna, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yes. I thought, you know, life experience. I was in. Um, I was seeing Akhenaten at the ENO when um, when uh, Anthony Roth Costanzo was doing it mm. in, a couple months ago, and these queens from Seattle were actually there, and I said, Oh, I'm doing a show at the Vienna Staatsoper, and this guy goes, It's the Vienna. Don't over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can pronounce it however you'd like. All I know is I'm being paid to perform there. Yeah, yeah. You can say it however you want, but I'm starring uh, in the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll, maybe, maybe when I get my check, I'll, 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 I'll take it. We'll some come to Vienna. I'll pronounce things the way that. I'm in the meantime, I've got a show to do. <laughs> 
that's hilarious. Well, that's fun. So that's what sounds like some fun things. And you're going to get to spend less time. Oh, and time. I'm seeing Barbara Streisand at the, um, you know, the Hyde Park on the 7th of July. Oh, my goodness. Really? I love her. Oh, wow. I've never seen her live. In Hyde Park. I performed at Hyde Park once. A little, little I have not nice. seen her sing, but I did work as a Biggest PA on The Mirror Has Two Faces. <gasps> Ooh, did you meet uh, Lauren McCall? I did. I, I love I, Lauren, Lauren McCall. Lauren McCall was so rude to me. Every time I saw her, it was jaw-dropping. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love her even more. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I've only heard horror stories about her. She was a nightmare. Uh-huh. A nightmare. But... I will say one very nice thing about um, I I had worked on the Birdcage a little bit with Mike Nichols, oh, who had the same set, same crew for like thirty years, and it was just like a well-oiled machine. It was brilliant. No one works with um, Barbara Streisand multiple times on films, as far as I could tell at mm-hmm. that time. Um, her her producer Sis Corman had, but no one else. Um, but. They hired Dudley Moore to play this part, and he, this was at the, towards the end of his life, and he was quite sick with some neurological disorder, and no one should have allowed him to come to a film set in that state. Mm-hmm. She could not have handled that more kindly and compassionately. Barbara or Lauren? Barbara. Okay. Was, well, she was really, really lovely about it. I mean, he was fired, but, mm-hmm. um, and George Siegel came on to play the part. But I, I just I was very impressed with how lovely she was to him because she wasn't genuine, you know. She wasn't lovely to everyone, you know. But she, you know, she she was fine. She was fine. She was fine. I mean, you know, I, I didn't love the movie, and I didn't, you know, and and I did I wasn't that impressed with her ability to communicate what she wanted, and I didn't understand why she was in full hair and makeup every day. Even when she wasn't, people are taking pictures. Yeah. No, that, no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. She just like me earlier. The last podcast, I didn't wear makeup, and then they took a bunch of pictures, and I regretted my decision. See, it was so the so I put makeup. It on. was the only. She, she's the only director though that I'd ever worked with that like when you know in between scenes like even when she wasn't working, a team of people came and touched her up. You know. That's it. I know, I want that that thing, yeah. Oh, she can do do no wrong. But she's brilliant. She is brilliant. When I had my first headshots, my first professional headshots done in New York City in the 80s, I went to this guy whose name I sadly can't remember to get my hair cut, and he cut Lauren Bacall's hair. Mm. And he said that when she sat down in his chair for the first time, she said, if you fuck up my hair, I'll kill you. (laughs) <laughs> I love her before you cut her hair and then when she died uh, they had a sale of her estate at Barnum's yes Day, that's right and I got several pieces of her furniture oh, I she... saw I went to that I went to the one at Bonhams, yeah. yeah. I went with my mother. Amazing. I took my mother to Lauren because to say out there, oh, you got a bunch of the stuff. It was her beautiful place in the wow. Dakota. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's, that's where it had been. Yeah. And I was this one little um, sort of uh, benchy thing that um, Scott Whitman said, oh yeah, I recognize that. That's where everybody threw their coats. From there. Oh my, oh <laughs> oh my and it's gosh, at your like house. coat was on there. Was it's like, at your house upstate. Lovely. Um, was the hairdresser English? No. Oh, because I met, I met this English guy 
at Ralph's <laughs> in the, the supermarket. supermarket. <laughs> and he told me all these like crazy stories about a bunch of um, people whose hair he cut. Mm. One of them was Lauren Bacall. Mm. Yeah. That's well, that's, I mean, you know, it sounds like she probably had to shop around, you know, <laughs> for, for, it's like, <laughs> it's some people don't react hair, well. Right? He did. <laughs> the haircut that guy gave me was unbelievable. It was so good. I oh. love, I want the Lauren Bacall way. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she was quite beautiful. Stunning. Oh, mm. look, a pigeon's back. Oh, is that, no, that's, that's, no, a that's a robin. I keep seeing robins. We've been robins. seeing robins. Yeah. Oh, we they're lucky, aren't they? Hi, Robin. Yeah. Make me famous. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that's Robin is going to do? Yeah, that's okay. Make a win. <laughs> Robin's red belly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so thank you so much for taking this the time to sit so down with us. I know you welcome. You have to get to thank a rehearsal you. so you can be brilliant at Joe's Pub. Oh my God, I'm just going <laughs> to set the keys tonight. I've got to wait to learn all the freaking songs. <laughs> Who are you working with? Is there a band? Matt Ray mm. and uh, Nathan Carrera. Who's oh, Nathan is. Ex-lover and current guitar player. Very sweet. <laughs> uh, very sweet. I've, I've met Nathan. Total angel, so talented. And also a DJ. I've, I've seen him at DJ. He does DJing. his own show. Uh, I don't want to throw rock, rice. I want to throw rocks. The early Southern Gothicism of Dolly Parton. Remember oh my gosh! All Dolly Parton songs and his genius. Oh, so oh, I would love to see those out at Joe's Pub. So he's really. I don't know how long he's gonna be. You know, available to guitar play. For yes. An old hag like me, but in the meantime, you know. Yeah, at the moment, he's booked. Like, yes. Yeah. At the moment, he's yours. He's mine. <laughs> um, oh, well, just it. thank you so much for taking the time and this like this little window. And let us um, have being really, your lovely place. We really, really appreciate it. Jake, she has come down and see us. <laughs> <laughs> Just go start knocking on the door. Uh, no. Jake. Hello. Yes, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Um, all right. It's like uh, that, what's that, the Footlights Club here. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. In this building. So it's, it's an like arts sort of club. Footlights Club. Oh, yeah. You know, from, um, what's that movie? The one with Catherine Hepburn and Ginger Rogers. They all, oh, a Stage Door. You know that movie? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love that movie. They say there was the Footlight Yeah, yes. yeah. With Nathan Love, the scene where Ginger and, um, oh, I'm just going on. No, 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 there's one. No, no. Ginger Rogers and Anne, um, Anne... Miller? Anne Miller. Yeah. We're, uh, we're rehearsing and some guy walks in and they're doing their tap nominee and says, what are you doing? Oh, we're just shaking off the DTs. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing that this morning. We, 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 both, we both were. It took, it, took, it took longer than the morning. You gotta do a little tap dance and shake off the DJ. Oh, no, I love it. I love the tap dance. Totally, totally. Well, thanks for listening and thanks, you know, thanks, uh, thanks again for coming on. My uh, pleasure. Thank we you love for you. All those wonderful memories up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That's what we do. Yes, that's what we do. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. This was happening. <laughs>